Pray this with me. Holy God, word made flesh, let us come to this word open to being surprised. Silence our agendas, banish our assumptions, cast out our casual detachment, confound our expectations, clear the cobwebs from our ears, penetrate the corners of our hearts with this word. We know that you can, we pray that you will, and we wait with great anticipation. Amen. Amen. Church, this morning we are continuing our series in the New Testament and talking about the kingdom of God. We've been talking about, in particular, this idea, this understanding of when we say the kingdom of God, we're not talking about a far-off place. We're not necessarily talking about heaven, although heaven is a part of the kingdom. We're understanding that when Jesus came here on earth and dwelt among us and he said, the kingdom of God is here, he was talking about the reign of the king in the realm of the zeros. The reign of the king, when we say kingdom, we're talking about Jesus' reign in the hearts of his citizens. And as we look at the kingdom and as we read of the New Testament, we're constantly learning and reading of, of what it means to be a citizen of the kingdom. And we also have learned that as we've watched the life of Jesus, as we've listened to his parables and, and sat at his feet and heard of his teaching, that Jesus came. His kingdom was for people that needed a savior. And we know that we all must come to this place of needing a savior of recognizing that our position before God is truly a spiritual zero, and we need a hero. Just looking at the life of Jesus, you see time and time again in Matthew that when he came, he would be hanging out with prostitutes and tax collectors. He'd be hanging out with, with women, which in that culture was unheard of of a rabbi. We would see him hanging out with the poor and healing the sick and placing his hands on things that you, that you shouldn't place your hands on because you would get sick. And you see the kingdom of God breaking through Jesus into the realm of zeros. And we just remember every week in worship when we come here, this is how we come. This is why when we want to welcome one another, why Paul says in Romans to welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you. This is our, what we would call a gospel hospitality. And as we look at this today, we're looking at this moment in Acts chapter two when the Holy Spirit comes and we learn something about what it means to have the king reigning in our hearts and as we look at this and think about this, I'm sure there are a lot of questions for you about this passage. There's a lot of debate. There's a lot of curiosity and confusion. And we could go about a hundred different ways today. We could talk about all sorts of doctrine and theology. We could talk about all sorts of things. But today, as, as I've been thinking about this, praying about this, 
What I want us to really focus on when we think about the Holy Spirit, when we think about his work, when we think about our obedience to the king, is this. You see, in the kingdom of God, we are a people, we are a show and tell people. In the kingdom of God, the show, though, is not a show, it's his glory. And the tale is not a tale, it's his story. Say that again. In the kingdom of God, the show is not a show, it's his glory, and the tale is not a tale, it's his story. If you're a note taker, maybe write that down and wrestle with that, that's a lot. Seems to me sometimes we read this story and we hear of these miraculous stories of the Holy Spirit and we just think, what a show. Wind coming in, house shaking, this incredible experience. Man, I wish I had been there. And we miss that the purpose of the coming of the Spirit was to show something. It was to display something that was new, an inauguration of the kingdom, of the king reigning, for the people to see something that they get to experience in their hearts. You see, it's not about the show, it's about the showing. I experienced this yesterday with my soccer team. Coach Scott and I have been coaching. And we were challenged this last yesterday. You see, the first day we had a game Week one, and you never, if, you're, if anyone has coached here and your kids are just, they're running, they're flying all over the field and they're playing like a team and you're just crushing the, the, the opponents, isn't that the best? It's just great. Sorry, I'm a little competitive. And it's easy to coach in those circumstances. And it's easy to say, hey, we're a team where we have great attitudes and we work really hard and we, we have great effort, right? Those are the things that we can control. It's easy in those moments, but yesterday we were challenged and we found ourselves on the other side of this when we were the opponents being crushed. You've never been there? And I remember sitting there and thinking, you know, it's easy to show a great show, but we also right now have a chance to show something. We have a chance to show attitude and effort and character and sportsmanship in the midst of just wanting to go home, in the midst of wanting to walk off the field. You see, it's not about the show, it's about the showing. And as we look at that and think about that, and you think about your life, and you think about the Spirit of God, if you're a believer, indwelling in you, I want us to understand that when we talk about that it's not about the show, but about the showing, what are we showing? Two things that we, I think we can learn from this text today that is true for us on this Lord's Day. First, presence in me changed and changing. Presence in me changed and changing. Look at what happens in Acts chapter two in, the verse, in, the, in these two verses. A little bit of context. 
The disciples are promised by Jesus that a counselor, a helper will come. Jesus has resurrected, the king is alive, but he has, he has ascended into heaven, and they're told to wait, and it's been 50 days, and there's this waiting in them, and it says that they're all together in one accord. I didn't even realize there were cars back then. That was one of my dad's jokes. I can't believe I just used that. That was not in my notes. Can you strike that from the ledger, please? And there's this waiting and anticipation. With the Spirit of God, there's no idea about who he is yet. And there's this wondering. Jesus has said, go and make disciples of all nations. Jesus has given us this kingdom ethic. But he says, wait, I'm gonna give you someone. And look at what happens here. It says this. And suddenly, there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house they were sitting. Now, now remember, the, uh, Luke here is describing something. When he says like, he's having this miraculous encounter, and it's not an actual mighty rushing wind. That's just the best way in human words to describe what is happening. And wind is really interesting because we know in the Old Testament that the word for the Spirit of God is ruach, which is the Spirit of God. You see, the Spirit of God didn't just all of a sudden show up. The Spirit of God is a part of the full story. He has been existing since the beginning, right? In Genesis, it says the Spirit of God was hovering. We see time and time again when the Spirit of God goes upon God's messengers and is used and, 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 is, used and is empowering them to do a purpose. And so we see here that the Spirit of God shows up here like a mighty rushing wind and it filled the entire house they were sitting and divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. Now, it seems to me as we see this, this is, it, it's, we're trying to put into human words something that is heavenly, the kingdom of God breaking in in a miraculous way. But you see, God wants these apostles who are sitting in this room, who are getting ready to go and declare the truths of God, he wants them to know that the Spirit of God in this moment is there. And he wants them to see, he wants them to see that they are now filled with the Spirit of God. That's why they see on, over every person in the room, they have this tongue of fire over their head. It's to see that every single believer, we call this the priesthood of believers, every believer gets this. Earlier, John the Baptist prophesied about this. He said you would receive this baptism of the Spirit. This is called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We believe as Christians that when you confess with your mouth 
and believe in your heart, when you have this conversion in your heart that is a very act of God, that instantly you are baptized by the Spirit. Now notice, it is not water baptism. Water baptism is a sign of what we believe God does supernaturally in his timing, in his ways. It's a picture of what we believe he will do or what he has done. So in this moment, we see the very presence in me changed and changing, changed, the baptism of the Spirit, changing, continuing to form me into this. You may have questions about this. What was really, going ha- what was really happening? Well, I would just encourage you to look back at verse five. Jesus says what would happen. He says, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. He's promising God's people that this moment, that all who believe in him will be indwelt with the Spirit. And this probably is a hyperlink for God's people that takes them back when Jesus was teaching them in in John, in the teens of John. Because the question is, well, what is this Spirit that we're given. Do do I have this spirit and what does the spirit do? Is it like that emperor's new groove scene where you got like the spirit angel on one and the angel and they're kind of like having this back and forth and they're really cute? Almost like a conscience on steroids? What does the spirit do? Well, our Lord Jesus, King Jesus, tells us. Look at what he says in John 15. It says, when the helper comes, he anticipated this day. He promised this day, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father. Notice the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We see the beautiful trinity here. He will bear witness about me. One of the key components that we receive from the Spirit is reminding us of the gospel of Jesus, reminding us of the ways of Jesus, continuing to say, as Mike prayed, that we would turn our eyes on Jesus, bearing witness to the ways of Jesus, the Spirit himself, guiding us in that. Second, look at what Jesus said in verse eight of chapter 16. I would encourage you to go and read John 15 and 16, actually 14 through 16, to really get a feel for what Jesus said about the Spirit. But in verse eight of chapter 16, he says, and when he comes, the helper, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. You see, the Spirit doesn't just remind us of Jesus, he reminds us of our need for Jesus. He's convicting the world of sin and righteousness and judgment. He's working and he's moving. There's these purposes here. And there's even something that the Spirit does here in our hearts as we start to discover, remember it's changed and changing, as we become more like Christ, he does something in us. Charles Spurgeon says this, a sinner can no more repent and believe without the Holy Spirit's aid than he can create a world. 
See, we need the Spirit to do a work in us. And so we see in this moment this truth. Continuing on. There's a wrong text there. Let me find it for you in John chapter 16, verse 13. It says this. When the spirit of truth comes, not only will he point you to Christ, bear witness, not only will he convict us of our sin, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. You see, we have this spirit who teaches us the truth by his word. This is why we pray for what we would say, the illumination of the word. And this is the very presence of God in me, changed and changing. But it's also the power on me on purpose. The power on me on purpose. Couldn't put that up there. We're going to skip that verse. Reading along, we're going to see this first. Luke wants us to know that we have the very presence in us. This doesn't go away. We can't lose the Spirit of God. But then there's also something else that happens in this encounter here. Look at what it says. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, the word filled there is a Greek tense of something that, is, that, 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 that happens at a particular moment and that can continue to happen. It's called a filling, like a participle. And it always seems to, when we see this, I would encourage you as you read through Acts, when you see this kind of filling, the Spirit will come upon Peter or will come upon an apostle or someone, and then they will do something. It's on purpose. The sovereignty of God is using, is by the Spirit, having a purpose. And in this case, we're going to see this. It says they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven, and at this, at this sound, the multitude came together. They're like, something's going on. Let's go check that out. You ever been there? I remember like going to like a, like a, a high school and there was like a fight and all of a sudden it was like everybody running to that moment. Now this isn't like that, that's a horrible illustration. But <laughs> there's a shaking and there's this speaking in all these different languages and people are saying, what is going on? And at this sound, the multitude, it says, the multitude, this giant crowd came together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that we hear each of us 
in our own native language. The Spirit of God comes upon them and does something extraordinary. Something that only the Spirit of God can do. And people are speaking in another language they don't know. And what are they speaking? Now remember, the kingdom of God, as we think about a show and tell, is not about the show, it's about the showing. It's not about the medium, it's about the message. And we can lose this, we can get so caught up in like, whoa, they're singing, they're speaking in these different tongues that we're, we're missing the story, we're missing what God is showing us here. We're missing that we remember all the way back to the Tower of Babel. You remember this story? Do you remember when it said that the people all of a sudden said, you know what, we can build our way to God. We can make our way to God. And they start to basically say, we can be gods. And what does God do? It says that there's a confusion on them and all of a sudden they all start speaking different languages and from that point on, there's a scattering. Then we see in Christ, by his spirit, a new gathering. What scholars would call the reverse Babel. Where all of a sudden, people are unified in ways that don't make sense. Where all of a sudden, people who have different skin colors, different languages, different economic statuses, are in a room together and they are showing the gospel of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Kind of like this moment right here. As you look around and see people, I pray, that are different than you. And see this moment. One of my favorite commentators, John Stott, he said this. At Babel, earth proudly tried to ascend to heaven, whereas in Jerusalem, heaven humbly descended on earth. It's a reverse. Remember, we're the realm of the zeros needing heaven to come to us. We cannot come to, the, to, come to heaven. And so we see this powerful truth of power and presence. We see the spirit, the very presence of God, no longer in a temple, in people that are temples. Guiding, directing, changing, and people forever. And then we also see the spirit coming upon God's people with purpose. Very real, particular purpose. And so we see this show and then in this story, we also see the tell piece. Anybody ever in school had show and tell? Okay, raise your hands high if you were there. Okay, so I was homeschooled, so I don't know what this is. <laughs> but what I've heard is, it's, it's involved where you come and you bring something from your home, and you talk about what it is, and you show it, and you tell. And in this moment, this incredible message has been delivered. It has been shown in this miraculous experience of the kingdom of God through different languages being spoken, and then Peter stands up and he starts to tell the people what it is. This is so important. 
When God does something in us, when we have fruit, when, we, when he comes upon us and leads us in ways, we are called to be obedient and to follow that, and we're also called to tell about it. It's been said, preach the gospel, use words if necessary. I think it should say, preach the gospel, use words to explain what just happened or something like that. And so how do we tell, what do we tell? When we think about the show and tell, what do we tell? Do we say, look at this show, I speak Greek and I don't even know Greek. We say, look at this song that I sang. We say, look at how great my family is. No, we proclaim Christ. We proclaim Christ. And this is what Peter did. Once again, in your reading plan, I would encourage you to read this for yourself. It is so beautiful. If you've been reading the Old Testament, what Peter does is he goes back to the Psalms He goes back to the prophet Joel. He goes back and talks about how the full story is about Jesus. And he declares to these Jewish Hebrew audience that the entire law was to set up and point to Christ. And it gets to this point in Acts chapter two, verse 36, where where Peter is basically saying this, and he says, let all the house of Israel, therefore, know for certain that God has made him, Jesus, both Lord, we say King, and Christ, the Messiah, the Savior. This Jesus whom you crucified. Proclaim Christ. Notice here, it says this Jesus whom you crucified. Part of the gospel of proclaiming Christ, of knowing that it is my sins, it is my sins against God that Christ died for. That my sins are why he was crucified. It wasn't the Roman soldiers. Christ could have came off of that cross at any point. He is God incarnate but it was for God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. He who knew no sin became sin so that we could become children in the righteousness of God. And so we proclaim Christ like Peter did. Second, we profess Christ. Proclaiming is sharing the story Professing is saying, I believe. Professing is what Nick and Julie and Katie and Shane did with their family today. Professing is saying, I am a sinner in need of grace and Jesus is my king and my savior. Look at what happens here. It says in verse 37, now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter, and the rest of the apostles. Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
The word repent means to turn. As Mike so eloquently prayed with us today, it is not about turning to evil, it's about turning from evil by the power of Christ that we just proclaimed and saying, I'm going to walk in his ways by his power. And then it goes on and says, for the promise is for you and your children. And for all who are far off, far off is talking about Gentiles, P.S., that's me. That's anyone who is not a Jew. Everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself, the power on purpose. And so we see this beautiful kingdom act of show and tell. And we must remember as we think about this that the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of God, it's not about the show. The show is not the show. It's his glory. And the tale is not some fairy tale. It's his story. That's why I wanted to share Tim's videos from the men's steak night. I wanted to share that story because I felt like that was a bit of show and tell. Some of the best way we can show and tell is just to talk about how Christ has done something in me. And what I love, I love in our new members classes when we all share about Jesus and how he's spoken into us and how every single one has different stories. Some really, really radical stories of conversion. Some who grew up in the church and, and faithfully brought up in the church and slowly kind of come to a personal saving faith over all the years of Sunday school and youth group and, 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 and mission trips and, and, and just God's presence in their life and in their family life. And all of that is God's people telling the story of his power and his presence. So as we think about this, the question, I think, from Acts 2 is how do I live this out? How do I live this out today on this Lord's Day? I would say this. Show the glory and tell the story in the ordinary. In the ordinary. And don't be surprised if something extraordinary happens if the Spirit of God comes upon the power of God and does something miraculous. But also, don't be surprised if the ordinary, what seems to be the ordinary, is the way that God uses you to share his story. You see, there's nothing ordinary about a cold, dead heart becoming resurrected. There's nothing ordinary about those who are far from God by the power of God being drawn close to God through his spirit. That's a miracle. There's nothing ordinary about a people who have all the right to hate, to be impatient, to be mean, to be unforgiving, yet, as we learn about the fruits of the Spirit, in Galatians it says the fruit of the Spirit, the one dwelling in us is what? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, 
goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such there is no law. It does not say the fruits of your own doing. It does not say the fruits of your striving. It does not say the fruits of you waking up and saying, today I am going to be so patient. I've tried that. It says the fruit of the Spirit. Something that happens in you that is a very act of God that is causing you to become more patient, more loving, more. Just this last week, I had a dear sister in Christ call me and say, Logan, I know that I'm supposed to love my enemies. I know that the opposition is supposed to be an obstacle, but I can't. I literally can't. They've hurt me so badly. And all I could say was you can't, God is. Was the spirit of God will do this in you. And we just continue to pray that. We just continue to declare that. And this is what it means to be a show and tell people. To say we are a people that are showing and believing that the spirit of God that we read about in Acts chapter two is the very spirit that we are promised today. Second, as you show that fruit, tell of it. Come on, Tina. <laughs> Acts 4, 33, we've been reading the disciples. It says, and with great power, the apostles were given their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. As I was thinking about this, you know, in the spirit moving and working, we love these stories of just victory. But you know, another place that we see the spirit of God moving and working is in another martyr named Stephen. You may have read about this in Acts, where it says that Stephen, right before he's about to be stoned to death, says the Spirit of God causes his face to shine, the glory of God himself. And as his opposition is stoning him to death, he is praying for their salvation. And for some of us, our stories are more like Stephen than they are like Tim's. And all of those stories show the grace and the glory of God. I want to challenge you today. In a few moments, we're going to sing a wonderful, beautiful, I'll call it an ancient song called Victory in Jesus. Could you put the lyrics to that first verse up on the screen? It says this. I heard an old, old story. How a savior came from glory. How he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch, or we've been saying a zero like me. I heard about his groaning, of his precious blood atoning then I repented of my sin and won the victory. 
Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me, he bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is due him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing blood. Church, may we be a people who tell that story. May you be one who says, this story, this full story is the story, and I, by the grace of God, am in it. And I can't, I can't help but tell my friends that they can be a part of this story of grace to the glory of God alone. May we be a people, as we think about what it means to be a kingdom people, may we be a people who understand that it's not about the show, it's about his glory, and it's not about the tale, it's about his story. So would you join me in praying and preparing to belt out this wonderful song together. Heavenly Father, I ask God, Lord, you've promised us in Acts that we receive this very same spirit, Jesus, and you told your followers that you would bring a helper, a comforter, a counselor, one who advocates, who when we don't know what to feel, you feel it and you groan. Spirit of God, I pray that you would continue to remind us of who we are, that you would continue to let your fruits grow out of your kingdom citizens, that you would continue to do a mighty work, God, and for anybody here who fears, feels far off, I pray that they would know that they are invited right in, that they would know that you died that death on Calvary for them, and that we are all equal on the same playing field in your kingdom, and we are all invited to tell of your story. And I pray, God, as we sing of your victory, that this would be a time, God, where it wouldn't be about a show, it would be about a showing. Where it wouldn't be about some fairy tale, it would be about your story. Thank you for your full story. Thank you that we are invited in. Show us how. Show us how, Holy Spirit. In your name we pray.